This is episode 63 of the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and today I want to talk about four mental triggers that you can use to boost your daily joy. Now, we often think of triggers as things that trigger us into the negative or that bring up uncomfortable past things or experiences, but did you know that you can actually flip it around and use triggers to cultivate more joy and happiness in your daily life. So I'm going to be sharing what these are and some other tips and strategies for how to use them or shift them to apply to your lifestyle better. Let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and this is the place to be to live a more mindful and productive life. If you're ready to turn daily chaos into calm and start your days with intention, then get ready to join me as we dive deep into mindful living and personal productivity. It's time to connect with your true self so you can live the life you want to live. And it all starts now. I have been putting in a lot more effort this year to read more books. Now, I still need to actually sit down and come up with an action plan and choose the times of day that I'm reading because it's been kind of scattered, but I've been really making some progress on the books that I have checked out from my local library. And truth talk, I have about 13 books right now that I have checked out from the library that all came in um, around the same time. I put I place holds on books all the time and sometimes I get like a bunch of them that come in at once. So I've checked them out and some of them are recipe books, so they're not all books that I need to read cover to cover, but I've really been enjoying making more time for reading. And I really believe that if we want to make a change in our lives, like I've been wanting to watch less TV and read more, especially in the evening so I can have a little bit easier of a time falling asleep, I really believe that if we, what we want to shift, like we'll crave more of it, right? Like I really believe too that if you, what you eat more of, you'll, you'll crave more of. And I think that's indicative of our habits too. So what you do more of, you'll want to do more of. So I feel like this is so true with Netflix. If you watch a lot of Netflix, you're going to want to watch more Netflix. And I found that in the past few weeks, the more I read, the more I want to read. So I thought that was really interesting. And I wanted to share that with you guys. And today I wanted to talk about these four triggers that I heard about in this book I'm reading that I'm going to share with you guys. And also I wanted to take those as kind of a launch pad or a spring spring point, if you will, to kind of dive deeper into maybe some ways that you can use these to better adapt to your own lifestyle or maybe some other questions to consider as you hear about these. So first off, we have to give credit where credit is due. So this idea for this podcast really started from the book I'm currently reading. It's by Brendan Bouchard and it's called High Performance Habits. So I got this from my local library. I'll also have an Amazon affiliate link on my blog uh, on the show notes if you want to grab it there. Um, But this book has been really, really helpful and transformative, and I've really enjoyed just how in-depth he goes into all the different research that went into this book and the different high-performance habits that you can use to create in your day to really be a high performer, to really be more successful 
obviously in a way that you define as successful, um, and to really create that balance of what it means to be um, a high achiever, you know, with your health, with your business goals, with your social and personal goals, it really goes in, in deep into the thick of it. And I really also like that in the book throughout it, he intertwines a little bit of his personal experience and some of his own personal stories. So I want to share something that really resonated with me and and a little story that he talks about um, about a quarter of the way through the book. So actually in 2011, Brendan Bouchard suffered a, from a traumatic brain injury. And if you don't, by the way, if you don't know who Brendan Bouchard is, he's very well known in the personal development space. Um, I think he does conferences and seminars um, throughout the year, and he's just a big like bundle of positive energy. But in 2011, he suffered from a traumatic brain in- injury when he was on an ATV, and he found that it was really difficult and hard to focus in, you know, the weeks and months um, after this accident. And obviously, when you undergo a traumatic brain injury, the brain is so diverse and it's so hard to know exactly how it heals. There's still so much research being done about how brain injuries work and how they impact us. And so it's kind of, it's hard to know like how everyone's going to react depending on what happens to them. But he found that during this time, he was just having a really hard time staying positive and not like the, oh, I have to be positive because it's the right thing to do. Like just really he describes like letting these emotions really get to him like just everything and I can totally relate to this too like especially when I have periods of depression or anxiety it's like I just find myself just really succumbing to the emotions and not creating an awareness of when to pull myself out or when to be like is this actually true or is this just like depression taking hold or is this thought really serving me or do I really want to keep feeding or fueling this thought but he found it really difficult to even do that so he was feeling really distraught he was letting the emotions get the best of him and then he kind of describes that you know he was kind of also wallowing a little bit and I think that's kind of hard sometimes for us to admit especially when we are going through something difficult or we are healing from something to admit you know ah this sucks but I'm actually really not doing much to like change it right so there's like the circumstances of things that affect us and then there's the reality check of okay, this is true and this is my experience, but is there something I could do, right? I believe that there usually is. There's usually something we can do to make it better, right? It's like if you drop your phone, you don't like step on it and hit it with a hammer, right? And just like if, um, you know, something I, I struggle with sometimes is like, uh, I remember earlier in my life too, like I'd be on these like big diets or something. And if I had like one cookie, then I'd be like, well, it's good. I just need to eat the whole box of cookies now. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. But when we're going through something difficult, we often kind of fall into that same um, action sequence of like, well, this sucks. So let's make a list of everything else that sucks in life. But coming back to this story, he realized that he had to make a change. You know, there was something he needed to do. And so I really like this. So every day he started asking himself three powerful questions while he was taking a shower. And these are just, I love these so much. So the first question he would ask himself is, what can I be excited about today? 
And just thinking about this, I don't think we ask ourselves this. And I really like this reframe too, because it's not just uh, sometimes like, and I've talked about this before, if we think about gratitude and we say, what am I grateful for? It's like we're searching for something that's already here. But I like the reframe of what can I get excited about because it's looking kind of a little bit more outside of ourselves. And it's also kind of giving you that nudge or that prompt of what can I create? So gratitude, I feel like, comes from this place of what do I already have? And I like this question because it's like, what can I create or how can I facilitate a day around the feeling that I want to have or the feeling that I want to embody? So that first question, what can I be excited about today? I know for me that changes everything. And you can ask yourself this throughout the day, even in the evening. Like, what can I be excited about this evening? Or... You know, if you're going into something that's difficult, what can I um, be excited about in this? There's maybe there's something, even if it's leaving, right? So the second question that he would ask himself is what or who might trip me up or cause me stress and how can I respond to that in a positive way? I like this because, and I like a lot of his advice and tips in this book because it's very down to earth and very real. And oftentimes in the personal development space, in areas where people are talking about law of attraction or manifestation, it's don't ever think about what could go wrong, like stay away from the negative. Like there's just kind of that vibe, right? And I like that there's this realistic, practical approach that he brings where it's what, you know, what might trip me up today? What might cause me stress today? And how can I respond to that in a positive way? So this is a great example. You know, I was actually even thinking back to some ways I could have used this in the past. So I used to commute into the city for a nine to five job and I often took the bus and sometimes the bus would be late or it'd be jam packed with people if there was like an event or like a game in the city and I would get really frustrated. And so this question could have really helped me like, okay, I know that my commute might really stress me out, right? And this might apply to you too. I know that there might be a lot of traffic. There might be someone that's like really aggressive or that cuts me off. How can I respond to this in a positive way? Or how can I, like before it happens, decide that I want to react to this stress, the stressor or the stress response? So just thinking about that, you know, and I think too, it's like, I like asking myself, like when I do feel frustrated, one question I always ask myself is like, okay, is this going to matter in like an hour? Or like, am I going to, is it by the end of the day, is this really going to bother me? And the thing is, is like, if I don't ask myself that, then a lot of times things will because I've subconsciously or unknowingly, because I'm in a mood or whatever, I've fueled that, that tension or that anger. And so by the end of the day, yeah, when my husband's like, how was your day? It's like, well, this guy cut me off, you know, and it's like, it's buried in there where it's like, what if I just let that go? Like, that doesn't have to be a part of my narrative today. I can totally let that go. Like, I don't have to retell that story. I don't even have to share that experience because I don't want it to have that kind of effect on me. I just thought that was interesting. So that second question, what or who might trip me up or cause me stress and how can I respond in a positive way? The third question he would ask himself in the shower is, who can I surprise today with a thank you, a gift, or a moment of appreciation? 
I really like this because it plays into contributing to community and the cultivation of our relationships and the bond between people. And acts of kindness, especially like random acts of kindness or whatever, they don't have to be monetary. They, you don't have to give people gifts. You don't have to like go out of your way or like, you know, like love bomb anyone or anything like that. But just like reaching out to someone, even if it's a coworker and saying, hey, like Sharon, I uh, I really appreciate how much work you put into sending those reports every week. Or, hey, mom, I really appreciate how often you check in on me, even when it's annoying because I'm an adult. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So really thinking about different ways. And, you know, just as a side note too, this is something my husband and I practice a lot. Um, Throughout the day, we continually tell each other what what, what we're thankful for with each other. Um, It's a practice we've just kind of started um, and we, we've kind of just had throughout our marriage. And even if we're doing like mundane things that, you know, are just expected of people to do in a household, we both appreciate each other. So like if I like come out of the shower in the evening or something and he's doing the dishes, I take time to like give him a smooch on the cheek and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing the dishes. Even if like it's, it's, you know, even if that's something that he was going to do anyway or whatever, I just take time to thank him. And also, too, like realizing that when we give appreciation to other people or we show how appreciative we are, it resonates in a big way with people. And it's also, I think, important to recognize that you have to detach yourself from like the reaction they might have. So if like you give a compliment or you show appreciation to a coworker or even a close friend, it might throw them off guard or they might be having a bad day. And so maybe they won't react to it in a certain way. So I think it's important to let go of your desire for a specific outcome and your attachment to that and to instead just give the the a, a compliment or appreciation, whatever you're going to say, out of a, tr- a place of truth and honesty. You know, don't just give a compliment to give a compliment. Mean it, of course. But don't get frustrated if someone doesn't say thank you or doesn't uh, react in the way that you're thinking or maybe like furrows their brow because like it came out of nowhere to them. You know, I think that's important in realizing that too because I think sometimes even if we come from a good place or an intentional place, we can get frustrated when people don't react the way that we want them to. So I thought that was really, really cool. I also thought it was interesting that in this section of the book, he talked about our anticipation of joy. Um, and this is just like, this, these are just a handful of pages, you guys, in this book. So I, I really want, um, because I'm devoting a whole podcast to this topic, um, I really just want to say, like, go check out this book. It's, it's great. But he talks about these research studies that were done about the anticipation of joy and how we experience a lot of dopamine that's released in our brain that makes us feel good. It's the same kind of stuff that happens like when you run or anything like that. Um, We experience that like when we're at an event, like if you're like at a birthday party or you're celebrating something, like you experience a lot of joy. But what they found in these research studies were that 
there is actually the same amount of dopamine released when we are anticipating something good. And the more that you can like ride that wave, the more dopamine you're going to produce in your brain, which is so cool, which is why it's so important and like really beneficial to our health and our wellness and our mindset to plan things in the future that we can look forward to. I talked a little bit about this in the last episode about ways to organize your life for spring, but really like thinking of something that you can plan for, even if it's just like something simple, like, oh, next Friday, I'm going to get up extra early and I'm going to get a Starbucks before I go to work. Or me and my friends are going to have a girls night or we've got a, a beach trip plan this summer, like whatever it is, big or small, or Saturday, I am turning off my phone and watching like Netflix all day, right? If you can find something to look forward to, like for me too, I always am like, ooh, this evening, I'm going to take time to get like all my planner supplies out and I'm going to plan and like use stickers. And then all day, I'm looking forward to that. All day, I'm creating dopamine in my brain and you can do the same thing. Pretty awesome stuff. So let's get in to these mental triggers. Now, he talks about six different ones in the book, but I'm just going to share the four that resonated with me the most. But he talks about ways to kind of trigger trigger the joy. And I think it was really neat because I actually had this thought while back, I actually thought about making a podcast episode devoted to like reverse triggers or triggers for joy or like different things that we want to cultivate in our lives. And then I read this page and like this guy had already talked about it, which I love when that happens. It's like, you know, it's just that reminder that like as humans, like if you have an idea, chances are that someone else has had it. And instead of get like getting worried, like, oh no, someone had that idea before me. It's like, they might've had that idea, but he came at it from a whole different angle than what I was thinking. So that's just really fun. But when we usually think of triggers, it's like, there's things that we experience in life and it's not always from trauma, right? There's like little annoyances we have or different things. For me, I like have a problem with really loud noises. So like if I hear like screeching wheels on the road or like a really loud motorcycle when I'm on a walk or even just like children like screaming outside, I like immediately get super frustrated and it's definitely a struggle for me to be like, okay, calm down. Um, So that's like a kind of a negative trigger for me, but I like this idea of positive triggers. So let's get into the four different ones. So the first one he talks about, he calls a notification trigger. And this is something where he just um, creates a an alarm on his phone and he typed in the words, bring the joy. So I really like this because um, he set like different reminder times and throughout the day, you, he gets this reminder, like, okay, bring on the joy, like, and that's a time for gratitude, or that's a time of, oh, yeah, like, life is good, or whatever, and I just like that there's, like, a reminder for that, so whether that's, like, a post-it note somewhere, or it's an actual reminder, like, in your Outlook calendar, or on your phone, or whatever, um, that's really, really cool. You could also be the reminder at work. You could run around (laughs) being, like, bring the joy. I feel like people get annoyed with that, but that's an idea. Um, The second trigger he calls the doorframe trigger. This is actually one of my favorite ones that he talked about because it's just so intentional and meaningful. And that is every time he walks through a door, he, he says, I will find the good in this room. 
And I really love that, especially if you're about to do something scary or you're about to go to like a meeting or do a presentation. Um, I remember in college, I took a communications class when my, my major in my undergrad was communications. And a lot of that was giving speeches, like a lot of speeches. And we built our way up. It, like the first speech was just in front of like a group of five. But eventually we built our way up to giving speeches in the auditorium in front of like 400 people. And I was actually the first one to go the first day. I walked into the room and there was a whiteboard where you could write down, you could volunteer where you wanted to go. And I wrote my name number one because I love getting things over with and uh, setting the tone. And I also didn't want to sit there for like 90 minutes, just like twiddling my thumbs, waiting to go. But I digress. Anyway, giving speeches was something that uh, always made me nervous. But I remember like before I would go into that room, sometimes thinking, how can I turn this nervous energy into positive energy and momentum? And I would often think of my, I would often literally change how I viewed that energy or that feeling in my body. So anytime I felt anxious about speaking in front of people, I would go, okay, I'm not actually nervous. I'm actually really excited. And this was really helpful too. Um, I ended up giving a speech in front of the president of the university I went to um, at a scholarship lunch. And I was a recipient of um, a scholarship there for through the library that I worked at. Um, And it was a really big honor. And they asked me to speak. And I remember I wrote this whole speech and I was super nervous. And the first 30 seconds, I I was kind of like struggling to make eye contact with people. And I remember thinking, what if like you let go of all fear and just like took this as a moment to be so super excited? And I did. And I remember they laughed at my joke and it, it was it went so well. But I really like this question to come back to his point of really like being like, I will find the good in this room. And especially if it's like around the holidays or if, you know, during the summer, we're coming up on the summer here, there's like family reunion or maybe like some events with some in-laws and you're like, oh, you know, asking yourself like, or just saying, I will find the good in this room, right? That's going to change everything. It's going to change your behavior, how people perceive you. And most likely it's going to make that experience more positive. Um, I don't think this is something I'm going to say when I go to the bathroom though. <laughs> just side note. Um, the third one is a um, waiting trigger. <sighs> so I like this a lot. And um, I sigh because I'm so guilty when I am waiting of picking up my phone and I've been getting better at just being in the present moment and like people watching. But if I'm waiting in line at Target or like whenever um i or like you know the other day i had to go like renew our tabs for our car and i was like waiting and i really wanted to pick up my phone and i was like why don't you just like be present and i was like i mean gosh when i was a kid we didn't have phones or tablets we just had to like wait and do nothing like that was how most of society functioned before phones like you're gonna be fine um but i like this waiting trigger and what he asks himself is what level of presence and vibration do I feel right now on a scale of one to 10? And so he just asks himself that question and he rates it and there's no judgment about it. Um, You know, sometimes maybe it's lower, sometimes it's a full 10, but asking yourself that question really prompts you to think like, am I being mindful right now? Am I being present? Is there a sense of awareness? You know, and often too, like, 
It's the times where we lack awareness or we lack being in the present moment that we don't see opportunities in front of us or we don't see things that are really awesome or we miss out on something. So it's just something really great to to think about. The fourth trigger he calls a gift trigger. I really like this one a lot because it's basically whenever something positive happens to you, whether it's like you, uh, you, a green light happens like in your favor or someone says something nice to you or something just like unexpected happens or whatever, you just feel an immense amount of joy. I mean, it doesn't have to be an actual gift that you're getting from somebody. He just says, what a gift. And I love this. I've definitely caught myself saying this um, on occasion and I definitely want to make more of an intention to say this more. And what he talks about is this is such a great practice because it's acknowledging the good. So we can acknowledge the good in our heads. So if something happens to us that's awesome, um, we can internalize it and be like, oh my gosh, cool, that was awesome. But when we say it out loud, we not only acknowledge it in a different way and we process it in a different way in our brains, but then if anyone's around us, they can kind of revel in that moment too. And so that's kind of fun. And also... I think it's worth noting, and he touches on this a little bit, that we often feel guilty sometimes for when things are going really well or if we're having a really good day. We can sometimes, you know, the scarcity mindset can pop up of like, oh, well, if anything's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong now because like I'm so happy and things are going so well and like I I just feel so supported. Like at any moment, something bad is going to happen. And this practice kind of just allows you to like to revel in the fact that like good things are happening for you and it's okay there's nothing that you need to do to receive positive energy in this world there's nothing extra that you need to be we all get to experience these positive moments so i really really like this and i think these are some fun ideas so just to recap, I want to talk about the four triggers, real, run through them real quick again. These four mental triggers that you can use to boost your daily joy and just bring more inner peace into your daily daily life. So number one was the notification trigger where you can just set a notification on your phone to practice gratitude or bring in more joy. Number two was the door frame trigger whenever you walk through a door or into a new room to say, I will find the good in this room, or to ask yourself to to look for it. Number three is the waiting trigger. What level of presence and vibration do I feel right now on a scale of one to 10? So this is to be used whenever you're waiting for something or you're kind of in a holding zone. And number four is the gift trigger. So whenever something positive happens to you or happens in your favor, to just say out loud, what a gift. So he definitely touches on more triggers in his book. I just wanted to share these with you because these were really transformational for me. And I always love hearing new ways to just bring in more mindfulness and joy into my daily life. So I definitely wanted to share these with all of you as well. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear what your major takeaway was and I'd love to see you on Instagram. Feel free to tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm at Mindful Productivity Blog. I'd love to hear that you're listening to the podcast so that I can share that with my audience as well. And please take some time to leave a review on iTunes. This is a great way to have more people find out about this podcast and bring these amazing benefits into their life 
and it also lets me know that you're enjoying it as well. Have an, an amazing week and I'm so excited to meet you back here next Monday.